Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Called Extravagant Grace, Overwhelming Favour. I believe it's a word from God for our 2022. I know that uh, all of us will have different circumstances and things happening in our lives. And for some of you, that'll look like it's just absolutely speaking about where your life's at. Others of you are going to say, my life is so far from that. Uh, I can't see how that's possible. But with God, all things are possible. So we're going to lean into this and let God speak a word into our heart. Remember that He said to Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations when the man was in his 90s. And it was obviously impossible. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. And so we believe for extravagant grace and overwhelming favour in our life. Last Sunday, I spoke out of the parable of the prodigal son and that story on the importance of relationship and how we need to accept that extravagant grace in our life. I want to take you back to that story, but I won't read the entire story. Most of us, I would imagine, know it. I'm going to read to you just five verses out of the centre of it. Luke 15, verse 20 If you're with us at Metro Church Online, the notes are already there for you, along with the Scriptures, and you can write your own comments in and save it and print it later if you wish. This is what it says. So he, this is the prodigal, the boy who left home. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. The boy said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found And so the party began. Verse 20 is a key verse to extravagant grace and overwhelming favour for your life and mine. It says this, While he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Now we don't know how long it had been since the boy had left. We do know that it was long enough for him to have taken half a substantial fortune because the father was wealthy. He had many servants. It's quite a big business. And the boy has taken half of all that money and he has uh, wasted the entire lot. He was away long enough to spend it all partying and then for the subsequent significant famine to arise. But apparently from this story, every day that he was away, the father goes to the front of the property looking if to see when the lost son was coming. The father was expecting the boy to come home. I want to declare to you today that God has been expecting you, that He's been looking for you, that your return to God was never a surprise to Him. You are not a drop-in visitor to the things of God. You're not one of those people who happen to be in the neighbourhood. 
But you and I know most of us here, if we go back and check, I think about so often how the, the myriad of circumstances and coincidences that took place, things that at the time did not appear to be supernatural. There was no sound of angels. There was no goosebumps. There was just one small thing after another leading to another to the point where I surrendered my life to Christ. And I know many of you the same. Kurt and Veronica Kender, as Kurt's online with us this morning. I spoke to him yesterday here in the building. And uh, Kurt, uh, I uh, told so many people the story of how he came to Christ. It's a remarkable story, an unusual story. I think about Sebastiano Caracci, who's also online with us this morning, and Sebastiano Rashida. I mean, what a bizarre story. One day we'll get him to tell it to you. But what an incredible story. And I would say that most of us, perhaps not all, some of us, well, we just seemed like we grew in the things of God. Maybe you had Christian parents and you've always walked with God. That's absolutely phenomenal. And I think perhaps the best way uh, to not be so far that you need to be found, I think is a wonderful thing. However, many of us can identify how God arranged circumstances and conversations and connections so that we could have a divine appointment with our life so that God could come. He's been expecting you. And I believe that today in the building and online, there are people that are going to say yes to Christ. And you are going to think, well, look how I stumbled on this. Look how I got invited here and look how all this happened. But God was working and God was expecting you to be in this place and to be in this service and to be in this moment where you'll say yes to Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. This gets said at weddings so often, particularly Christian ones. But I think sometimes we miss the point of it. It says this, love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And we take that and we apply it to ourselves as a command or a, some kind of urging from God to be like that. And certainly we should. We ought to be people of love that never give up. We ought to be people of love that never lose faith and are always hopeful and endure through every circumstance. But I want you to understand that when God wrote that, He's not saying you display your nature. He's saying this is how I display mine. It's almost as though God is saying, this is the way heaven works. This is the way I work that heaven never gives up, that heaven never loses faith, that heaven is always faithful and hopeful and heaven endures through every circumstance that comes our way. This is from God's playbook. It's about how He operates. It's about what He does. And so I know that no matter who you are, and whatever you've done, whatever uh, wanderings you have been in in your life, I know this much that God the Father is hopeful about your life. I know that God the Father is still working for you. I know that the Heavenly Father, His great extravagant grace won't give up. He'll continue reaching out to your life. He's going to keep working on you. Can you say amen to that? 
He's been expecting you. Here's the second thing I want you to understand. Is this that God has been planning for what he's been expecting. God has been planning for what he's been expecting. Many years ago, my mum passed away. And it was a great loss and we were sorry that uh, mum went. But can I tell you, we were excited about mum going to heaven. I'll never forget my mum loved God with all of her heart and she wanted nothing more than to be with Jesus, the Saviour that she'd spent her life living for and serving, even in a small country town where there were no great results and there was no fanfare. I used to say about my mum and dad, you'll never be famous, but you've been faithful. Well, I remember after mum passed away, there came a moment where my dad went through the wardrobe and gave away my mum's clothes. He gave them away because he knew she wasn't coming back. When I read about the father sending a servant for the finest robe, he never said, go and get one of mine. He said, go and get his. You see, the servant, I guess at some point or other, would have urged the father saying, it's really time you got over this. You know, he's gone. He's not coming back. I can imagine that kind of a conversation being had. And the father saying back to the servant, you leave that garment right where it is because my son's going to come home. He'd been planning for what he was expecting. He's coming home. And so he kept his robe and his ring and his sandals. But perhaps most telling of all, he starts fattening a calf. Now, for those of you that are not farmer background, let me tell you, it takes somewhere between four and 12 months to fatten a calf, depending how big you want it to get before you eat it. It's not like the calf just pops out and then that's it. No, you fatten it up. And I've known people to send their cattle out on adjustment to a more, uh, you know, lush environment. And they might be away six months or eight months or 12 months. Those animals are away getting fattened. And I just imagine the dad every day giving special food to this calf giving it that little bit extra to fatten it up just that little bit more. And everybody's going, what's that about? Is there a wedding coming up? Is there something special? He goes, yeah, I'm fattening it up for my son who's coming home. Every day, making provision for a future celebration. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 6 and 9 out of the message version. We, of course, have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on firm spiritual ground, but it's not popular wisdom, the fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts that will be out of date in a year or so. No, God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of His purposes. You don't find it lying around on the surface. It's not the latest message. It's more like the oldest. What God determined as the way to bring His best in us long before we ever arrived on the scene. The experts of our day haven't a clue 
about what this eternal plan is. If they had, they wouldn't have killed the master of the God-designed life on a cross. That's why we have this Scripture text. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love it. I'll say that last part again, that text. We have not even imagined, no one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love Him. Do you know, humans tend to be linear in their thinking. By that I mean this, we look into yesterday to see what today will be like. We look into our recent past to see what our immediate future might be. That's the way we think. Humans find it very difficult to imagine a completely different life. We imagine a life that may improve, a life that might get a little bit better, a life where I might get a little bit stronger. And yet the Bible tells us over and over again that when God intervenes in someone's life, the possibility is always there for your life and mine to be drastically and radically changed, for your life and mine to be marvellously altered, for you and I to have the kind of brand new existence such that the only way to describe it would be to say it's as though we were born again. That's what the Bible talks about. And so for a Christian, we must never fall into the trap of thinking naturally about our life. As though somehow or other, this year 2022 is going to look like 2021, but hopefully it'll get better. How many times have you heard someone say in the last week or two, well, I'm hoping things will get better. I'm hoping things will get better. And God says, you know what? I've been planning for what I've been expecting. He started fattening up that calf. The boy's gone. There's no mail come. There's no telegram. There's no Instagram. There's no anygram. There's no anything come. The boy could have been dead. But the father still fattens up a calf and keeps a hold of a robe and sandals in a ring. Why? Because he says, one day my boy's coming home. And you're not a surprise to God when you turn up. And not only that, He says, I've been planning for you. I've been arranging things for your life. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. What God has arranged for those who love Him. Can you believe that this morning? Can you be, come on, can you believe this morning that maybe in 2022 God has arranged some marvellous miracles for you? That God has arranged some marvellous changes? God has arranged some connections, some people that'll come across your path, some divine things that'll take place, some answers to prayer that you've been labouring over. Can you imagine that today? That 2022, God says, I've been planning this. When it turns up, we all go, Wow! God just nods, says, yeah, I knew it was coming. God's never surprised. Amen. Here's the third thing and the last thing. He's focused on the future, not the past. When the boy comes home, there's no mention of squandered inheritance. There's no mention of the smell of the pigs. No, I told you so. 
Ephesians chapter 5, speaking about you and I, the church. Verse 25 of Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Listen, don't look to the papers or social media to see what the church of Jesus Christ is like. You've got to look into the Word of God and say, that's our destiny. That's the kind of church we are. That's the kind of church we're going to be. That's the kind of church that Jesus Christ is coming back for, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. She's got to be young and fresh and clean and holy, not dirty, but beautiful, holy and without blemish in every way. Amen. That's the church. Amen. That's the church. That's the church you're a part of. Are we there yet? Oh, maybe there's a couple of stains to get taken out. Maybe there's a couple of old mindsets that he's going to iron out because the wrinkles belong to the old. He says, I'm going to take those things out of your life. He's not looking at where we've been, what we've done, what others are saying. He's looking ahead. He sees the church as a glorious bride. Now I'm going to finish this morning by reading you a fairly long passage. But you'll see in it these three points that I have lit up to you this morning. He's been expecting you. He's been planning. Come on, I, I want you to get this. I pray today that you will walk out of here with faith renewed. I pray you'll go out of here saying, you know what? God is with me and it's awesome. I pray you're going to walk out of here today and say, the Lord is on my side. I'm going to walk into all the good things He's planned for me in Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, again out of the message. I think if they only wrote the message version, this paraphrase, and all they had was the first chapter of Ephesians, it'd be enough. It's phenomenal. Listen to it. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are a free people, free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free either. See, He's not looking at the past. He's looking at the future. We're abundantly free. Verse uh, 8, He thought of everything provided for everything we could possibly need. He's planning for what he's been expecting. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making, he set it all out before us in Christ. A long range plan. Listen to me, Christian. It's not over yet. Listen to me, Christian. He's not finished with you yet. Come on. Some of you here just need to let your heart Rise this morning and hear the Holy Spirit and, and not just keep having the conversation about what's wrong, about not what's right. You need to start hearing something of the Holy Spirit. Get inside of your heart and say, He's got a long range plan for my life. Oh, thank God for that kind of a plan. God, give the Lord a hand. You may as well. A long range plan in which everything would be brought. Do you know I think God looks at all the strife and all the issues? There's a verse that says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. He's not shifted on the throne because of what one government or any government does. He's not bothered by what 
the media say or by what the politicians say. He's got a long range plan. A long range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed that this message of your salvation, you found yourselves home and free. Signed, sealed, delivered by the Holy Spirit. The signet from God is the first instalment of what's coming, a reminder, listen to it, that we'll get everything God has planned for us. A praising and a glorious life. That's why when I first heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the Christians, I couldn't stop stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than think and thank. I ask, ask the God of our Master Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally. That your eyes will be focused and clear so you can see exactly what He's calling all of us to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life He has for Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. Endless energy, boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised Him from death and set Him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name, no power exempt from His rule and not just for the time being, but forever. He's in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. Team, please come. At the centre of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which He speaks and acts, by which He fills everything with His presence. He's been expecting you. He's been planning for what He's been expecting. His eye, His focus is on the future, not on your past. 